podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? Good morning, fellow Niners fans. How are we? I'll answer that for you. We're upset. Yes. <laughs> We're bummed we, after not an amazing game. We are. The 49ers lost to the Minnesota Vikings and Kyle Shanahan's ghost of quarterback future, Kirk Cousins, in what was honestly a pretty embarrassing game. We'll we'll dive into it, but the 49ers were were kind of embarrassed here. There were a couple times they were out-muscled on some key plays. The Vikings rushing offense, which I believe was the worst in the NFL coming in to this game, absolutely gashed this 49ers defensive front. And Brock Purdy played what might have been his worst fourth quarter in his time as the 49ers quarterback. So we'll we'll dive all into that, talk about if we think this is like larger trends, but the the theme right now is that the 49ers got embarrassed. Jake Moody missed another kick. I mean, just an all-around embarrassing game. Daniel, how do you want to start? Maybe we maybe we talk on the offensive side of the ball, but any any key takeaways that we should we should brush up on first? Well, you already made a comment about Brock Purdy having a horrible fourth quarter, right? And I feel like everything with the Niners for our entire lives starts with the quarterback, as do most NFL teams. It is not just the 49ers, but that is just what we always are talking about here as 49ers fans. Um I've I've read a lot of reports already in the last 12 hours of uh, is it the, the question is, is it time to move away from Brock Purdy is what I see. And I just can't believe after two bad weeks, there's already questions of, is it time to move away from the, and, the quarterback who has had so much success? And I just can't handle that. To be honest, I don't even know that I'd call them bad games. I mean, we talked about this on last week's episode, but that Browns game... Brock did everything he needed to do to put the 49ers in a position to win. So I don't even chalk that up as a bad game for him. I'm I mean, more I'm more inclined to say this Vikings one is because he had a minute to drive down the field and by all accounts should have been able to do it and and threw a really bad pick and had another pick that was yeah. that was really bad. So if you're asking me, even though he probably played better in the first 3 quarters of last night's game than he did for most of the, the first three quarters of the Browns game, I actually am more inclined to say the Browns game was a good game because he delivered when he needed to, and he didn't against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I would call them both bad games personally, but I think I my me calling a football game a bad game for a player does not mean, oh, they're done. <laughs> you know, like we, oh, bench them. We got to move on from them. It is okay. I mean, coaches yeah, might disagree I, with me, but it's okay for players to have a bad game. And I would say that Purdy did had bad games last night and the week before against Browns and then last night against the Vikings, just comparatively to how much success he's had. And that doesn't mean, you know, some, some people say getting a C on a test is a bad grade. Now, for me, that wasn't the case. But if a guy's getting, you know, 70% passer rating, just getting a C minus then they might call that a bad game. No, I would call I, that a down game. You hit the nail on the head there, Daniel. Is 
is Purdy is being graded on a harsh, harsh curve for two reasons, right? Because the 49ers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender and they threw everything behind him. And the other reason he's graded on such a harsh curve is because of how good he's been. I mean, like, stop. Like, this is not a a man bites dog story, right? Like, quarterback has bad game and 14th start or whatever it is, right? Like, that is not shocking. That is what you expect. I mean, Purdy didn't even play a full rookie season. Like, if you, if you go by game started, he's a rookie. And how many rookies are bad, right? Like... The reason we're so harsh on him is because his level of success has already been so much better than even great quarterbacks when they're young, right? And so, yes, we should absolutely be criticizing him because the Niners have thrown everything behind him and Shanahan made that call. But Purdy played a great game and it's just, it's not a, it's not a headline. Like quarterback has a bad 14th start or whatever it was. Shouldn't be yeah, shocking. Well, and so these were going to happen. And the only reason that we're, we're so kind of frustrated and upset about it is because Purdy managed to go so long without it happening. You know? As you said, um, he's graded on a harsh curve, right? That's because he inherited an incredible team when he stepped up. And the Niners, even as the se- before the season got going, were expected to be one of the absolute top dogs. And then as the season started, there was questions and then statements that they are the top dog and we're seeing less of that these last two weeks but i think it only takes one week to get right back on get right back on top excuse me um but if we take a quick look around the league and we look at other quarterbacks and we can stick with the rookies for now bryce young the panthers are zero and six they've had their bye week and bryce young missed at least one week but he has not won a game he was the heisman trophy winner and he was the first overall pick, and no one is questioning if he should be out. That's because he's on a very bad team that is last in the power rankings, and they're going to give him time, and he's a rookie, so he's going to take time, he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to learn. But there's grace there. C.J. Stroud, similar situation. The Texans are on the up and up. They're getting better. C.J. Stroud has has shown some flashes of, of really good talent. But again, if he has some bad games, no one's jumping ship. They're like, he's young. He's a rookie. He's only got a few playmakers around him. We're going to give him some time. Um, You could even look at young guys like Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence, where Trevor's had some poor games. Joe Burrow has had some of the worst games we've seen from a guy who makes as much money as he does at such a young age. And no one's jumping ship. I mean, some people might be out on Joe Burrow, and that's wild that, that craziness if you're out on Joe Burrow after uh, some a tough few weeks right but throw an injury in there and we never know the full extent of the injury and I don't think people truly understand what it's like to play through an injury half the time but there is so much um, patience I think with so many other quarterbacks and other teams and other systems and yes I, I do think a lot of that comes from well they're they don't have the system the Niners do well, they don't have the defense and the weapons that the Niners do. Purdy should be good with them. You're right, and he has been. He's been incredible. So can we just not jump off the ship two weeks with not even, like, horrible, horrible games? Like, was I think it was two weeks ago. I think even last week we talked about a Pat Mahomes interception, Timmy, and it was horrible. I think he had two in a game, and one of them he just lobbed it up into the air, and it was it seemed like a careless mistake. And I don't think anybody 
batted an eye about it. So I get that Purdy's in a great system and a great team, has lots of weapons, a young guy. But I just think he is getting the hardest grading curve I've ever seen for a, a young quarterback coming into his own. And to be honest, that might be the biggest compliment we could ever give Purdy, right? That we judge him like a veteran starter. Like, we are holding yeah. him to the same standards we would hold Kirk Cousins if he was on this team, or Aaron Rodgers, or anyone. And so, it's really quite remarkable that he's played at this level where that kind of standard doesn't even feel unfair. And so, I think Purdy will bounce back. I, I do. But, ultimately, he did let the team down. He had an opportunity to win it, and he did not. And he, you know, he we talked about the Browns game, which I think you could say was a worse game, right, a last week. But you know what? He delivered then, and he did not deliver this week. So absolutely, I would, it is fair I would agree to that judge they're, him, but I think they're pretty much back. opposite games, like you just pointed out. The Browns, the first three quarters, man, it, it was pretty bad, pretty football. And then he came to life in the fourth quarter when it, and we ranted all last week about man, he came to life and and got it done when it counted, when it when we needed it. Right? He came in clutch at the end, and this week was kind of the opposite. He had he had a decent. First three quarters, and then the fourth, as we're trying to come back, he kind of fell apart. And I, would, I wouldn't even say he like fell apart. It wasn't like he was making mistake after mistake. He made it. He, he threw a bad interception, and that we have seen star quarterbacks do that. So that's what I got on the on this on this Purdy game. What do we think, Timmy? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's absolutely fair to say, hey, you played a bad game, but let's also keep in mind how remarkable he's been and the reason why this is a bad game. So it was a bummer. Do you have any idea what his rating was for the game? I have it right no, here. I'm just curious I, I if don't. you have any idea. It was probably pretty good. 70-something? 81.5. Yeah, he played a, I mean, he played a good game other than those two picks. Now, I think what know, we have to keep what you have to keep an eye on and what matters most to me is will Kyle Shanahan still trust Brock Purdy? Because historically, when he loses trust in his starting quarterback, is usually kind of when everything everything falls apart. And that's what's been so special about Purdy is maybe we haven't seen it. We haven't seen what makes him the guy to lead this 49ers team. But Kyle Shanahan has, and Shanahan has trusted Purdy more than any quarterback he's had in his 49ers tenure. And so if that starts to change and we start to see the Kyle Shanahan of old that, that runs more and doesn't trust his quarterback in the tough situations, that's when I'll be worried. We have not seen that yeah. yet, but if we start seeing that, that's when I worry about this team and the offense going forward. You know, I I was a little worried looking at Chris McCaffrey only having 45 rushing yards off of 15 attempts. So that's an average of three yards per rush. He did get a rushing touchdown. He also had a receiving touchdown, and he had— yep, Sets an NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown. Yeah, it's unreal. Three receptions for 51 yards, so a long ball of 35. Yeah. Um, and I know we were down from the, the get-go, so we had to throw the ball. But I didn't think this Vikings defense was that great, especially against the run. And for him to be 15 attempts for 45 yards was a little concerning. I know yeah. he was injured, but this is where I don't, what I don't understand. Like, have we lost all faith in Elijah Mitchell and oh. Jordan Mason? And by we, I mean the coaching staff. Because if you, if you have your star running back injured, Maybe let's not play him the entirety of the game. 
Elijah yeah, Mitchell gets I'm, one one play. Mason is nowhere to be found. I'm I'm boiling mad about about this, and so we should let's use this real quick to just summarize quick injuries. Uh, Trent Williams was was out for the game. Uh, that was that was injury news. We're keeping an eye on. I think believe it was an ankle injury. Jalen Moore actually played great in in his replacement. Then you got Debo Samuel. Kyle Shanahan announced last week stress fracture in his shoulder was going to be out two weeks. So what, the one game he missed was was last night, and then he will miss this Sunday's game as well. But hopefully be back before we know. And then obviously coming into Monday, Christian McCaffrey was questionable with this oblique rib injury he had going on. All obviously a little. A little worried about what's going on there and he obviously he played and he, he must have been healthy because he played every snap and I I am starting to like somebody needs to grab Kyle Shanahan smack him in the face and say stop playing Christian McCaffrey every snap you have other talented running backs and these games don't matter hold on to him until the playoffs like what am I missing what like I, I get that McCaffrey's incredible I love watching him play football I would also, like him to be healthy when the playoffs get here, and Jordan Mason has played really well this season in relief, and Elijah Mitchell has been really good the past two seasons. We have great other options, and so I, I, this, this to me feels like a John Lynch needs to pull Kyle Shanahan aside and be like, hey man, you gotta keep him healthy. Like, I'm, I'm beyond... Christian McCaffrey cannot be playing 100% of snaps while dealing with an injury like this. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's com- it's tough. irresponsible to be honest. And and someone needs to someone needs to say something. This game is, is is a tough example for that because we were down the entire game. But so so of course you want your star player out there who's had who just broke the record for most consecutive touchdowns, right? Like I get that. And if 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 we were to to say this to Kyle, like, hey, you got to stop playing Christian so much. We got to keep him healthy. He'd be like, I'm sorry, did you want to lose the game? And it's like, well, we are, we did. So um, I get I get this game, him him doing that. But even just for, I don't know, a, a, a passing play where he's not an option, something, even, even if any kind of running play, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, they, they would just be fresh legs. Any other team, every other team. I mean, if we sat through and looked through, Every other game from Sunday, I bet every single team would have at least had their backup back get at least three carries. I would bet money that every single team, their their second running back, got at least three carries, and some used three or four. And I know we have the best running back in the game, but to your point, I'd like to see him in the playoffs. I'd like to see him play every week. Part of that might mean not playing every down so he can play every week. Yeah, I I agree. I think we need we need to think big picture. And to be honest, I'm not sure how much of that is Kyle Shanahan's responsibility, right? Like, yes, he's the head That's coach. That's what I was just wondering. He is an in-game guy. That is where he like he is a game like I get where his head is at. And that's why I'm like, there needs to be someone else around him that can kind of pull him back. And I don't know if that's the running backs coach. I don't know if that's John Lynch. But there needs to be a conversation of, hey, we can't be playing Christian on 100% of snaps coming off an injury. Especially because it's not like the 49ers' other running backs are bad, one, and can't catch passes. Like, that's often why you see, like, one guy stay in when a team's behind, right? Because they're throwing a lot because they're the better pass catcher. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the best pass catching running back on the team. I'm not going to argue with that because it's clearly true. But 
typically you also have a situation where the other running backs can't catch passes, right? And ours can. And so that's kind of what's surprising to me. So I, I don't even know that I blame Kyle Shanahan. I get that he's caught up in game and he wants to put his team in the position to succeed. But somebody needs to be thinking a bit bigger picture. And we're lucky that Christian McCaffrey wasn't re-injured. And we're lucky he's been as healthy as he is. And I, I think we need to... To, lay, to lighten the load on him just a little bit. And obviously, he would never say that. Obviously, he doesn't want that, but we need to... Somebody needs to think bigger picture. Do you know who the running backs coach is? Is it Anthony Lynn? It's Anthony Lynn. Yeah. He is the second most ever... Second most successful running backs coach of the 49ers franchise history. As the running backs coach, he's 18-5 and out. He's kind of 18, five and zero. Yeah, yeah, but he was yeah. also responsible for the offense that a few years ago ran a QB sneak while the offensive line was running pass protection and knocked their quarterback over. So, I basically yeah, don't care great. about anything he does or says. But his son, um, fun fact, is like the best defensive coordinator in college football right now at UCLA. So go, uh, Anthony oh. Lynn's son. Maybe. Maybe you could come to the 49ers and be our defensive coordinator because we should fire Steve Wilkes. Should we change topics? I'm ready to talk about that. I would just like to say that I disagree with the, the idea of firing Steve Wilkes, but I would there. like to get I would like to get to the defense for sure, but if 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 you would like to to state your case of why you believe Steve Wilkes should be fired. Um, because the defense is bad and has taken a huge step back from last season. Um, and is arguably so, more talented. And I think the, there's nowhere you see it more than in, in run defense, right? Like, what the heck is going on with with this run defense? I mean, we but brought why, in our biggest I'm just trying to understand agent, why that's his fault. Well, uh, well let, me, let me explain. Our biggest free agency signing of the offseason was Javon Hargrave, who's an interior defensive lineman. Like, yes, he's a pass rusher, but bringing in a better interior defensive lineman Helps your run defense. We've got Javon Kinlaw. We've got Eric Armstead. Everybody's healthy. And we got gashed by pro what was going into last night, the worst rushing offense in the NFL. I don't know how that's not on the defensive coordinator. Like A performance like that, when your your defense is the most talented it's ever been, you got to look to coaching, right? Like I don't, I don't know what else you could, you could look at. I think if it consistently... Was poor. It could be more coaching, but it, it's been fine. It's been great throughout this season. But the last few weeks, especially last night, was a struggle bus. But I think just our defensive line is lacking as a whole. It's not even just the against the run. But what Timmy and I were talking about before we started recording is I found a disgusting statistic. I remember seeing last night, once Traverius Ward got his interception, um, in the beginning of the game, that was the Niners' 11th interception in the first seven weeks of the NFL season. That is the most in the NFL. And if you don't know, fans, as I'm, I'm going to get to this next statistic, sacks should happen a lot more than interceptions. I would say a two, maybe even three to one ratio. Do you, what do you think of that ratio, Timmy? Like three sacks per every interception. Something yeah. like that. Maybe it's more like two. Regardless. That sounds sounds about right to me. We talk a lot about this defense, right, and how great it is. And for the last few years, the secondary has not been the big reason it's been so good. I would say 
the biggest reasons we talk about it being so good are guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner are the top two guys that we love on this defense. But having Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, now Javon Hargrave, um, also Drake Jackson slash Clinton Farrell, that's a, that's a great one-two guy to have as your fourth best defensive lineman. The Niners have 13 sacks on the year. We have 11 interceptions and 13 sacks. Now, that to me is the problem. Not just yeah. sacks, but I don't know where Nick Bosa is. I know he's he's involved in plays. I know he's had some sacks. He's got two and a half on the season, and he hasn't played. No, he's played every game. Yeah. I don't think we've and, missed Bosa. But that that just shows me there's something wrong. The pass rush is lacking. They're not getting sacks, so I don't know why it would just be worlds different, um, n- not being their fault for the, the the run defense. So I don't I don't know what it is, but the fact that they had zero sacks last night, Bosa's only got two and a half on the year. They have thirteen total on the year. I think that's an average of less less than one and a half, or that's uh, math is hard. But that's we've had seven games and they don't even have two sacks per game. That's tough. For, well, and, for the defense that we claim to be so good, that's and tough. And here's my, here's my argument, right? Nobody left. No one left the defense. All we did was bring in, other than Aziz Alshire, and I don't think either of us would say the linebacker room has been the problem here. Um, no one left. All we did was bring in more talent. The only difference is coaching, and this defense has been significantly worse, and last night got embarrassed. And you know what? D'Amico Ryans does not let his defense get embarrassed like like Steve Wilkes did last night. And I, I think why it really stings, Daniel, is we talked a lot about over the offseason and at the beginning, kind of when the 49ers were on this, when we knew D'Amico Ryans was going to get a head coaching gig, who did we say we should bring in as our defensive coordinator? There was one name that I probably said every episode, a guy I think is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Vic Fangio, former 49ers D coordinator from the Harbaugh days, went on to Timmy be loves the, his Vic Fangio. I do love my Vic Fangio. I think he's the second best defensive mind in the NFL after Bill Belichick. Went on to coach a phenomenal Bears defense that took the Bears way farther into the playoffs than they deserved to go with Mitch Trubisky. Was the Broncos head coach, which didn't work out as well as, as one could have hoped. But you know what? The defense was phenomenal. He was on the market. He is close with Kyle Shanahan. He loved the team. I think he was a consultant for the team last year so he was around this 49ers defense and he wound up going to the Dolphins plenty of different reasons for that maybe it was schematic but honestly I think the Dolphins just paid him more if I recall they paid him like a record-setting amount for a defensive coordinator and you know what we should have done that we should have paid him and I I don't know what caused the team to not Maybe Jed York didn't want to pay. Maybe they were like, hey, we're talented enough. We don't need him. But we are seeing what happens when you have a less talented defensive coordinator than you had the year before. Our defense is still really good. I like Steve Wilkes. I I think he's a good coach. But I see no one else to blame for this defense not being as good as it was last year because we are more talented in terms of players and we are performing worse, especially along the defensive line. And the only difference I see is is coaching so yeah that not hiring Fangio is gonna sting I think for a long time yeah I just I'm not out on Steve Wilkes by any means I understand that 
nothing no one on the defense has changed and they're struggling but except the the coordinator changed but his his defensive scheme calling isn't going to prevent them from getting sacks and so that to me is just a big tell and I understand different defensive scheme but like how different can run scheme be for the the front four it's not like they line up in, in different position it's not like they attack from certain sides like they should be able to stop the run at least more than they have. So I would love to see this change. Um, try, I'm just reading, reading my notes here. So we, we've already talked about the pass rush, pl- pass rush plenty, run defense. Um, quite the interception for Traverius Ward, right? Jordan Addison caught the ball, and Ward essentially stripped it out from him. And A then the play. exact same thing, reverse, happened later in the game. So I just needed to say... How bonkers that is. I've never seen that. On One, his interception was, was just crazy of itself. His yeah. interception was incredible just in of itself where he Great literally, play. like, they caught it at the same time and he stripped it. But then to have that be done to you by the same player in reverse, that's that was tough. And Jordan Addison had a game. He's legit. There shouldn't be any doubts about him. Him him and Justin Jefferson together, that is scary. That That is an offense that will need to be reckoned with. Um, absolutely. They, now, they need to be given some respect there. Now, I will say, I, I think Trevor Ward was embarrassed on that Jordan Addison touchdown. I mean, yes, you're right. The pick was phenomenal, but Trevor Ward is like two inches taller and has like twenty plus pounds on Jordan Addison. He should not be being out muscled by this guy. Jordan Addison is like is a phenomenal receiver, but he's small. Like. He's not, he's he's a great player, but he should not be out muscling the 49ers' top defensive back. Like what the heck? He's like twenty pounds pounds heavier. So maybe I I don't know. Traverius Ward had that great pick, but he was embarrassed on that on that touchdown. That should have been an interception, and it definitely should not have been a touchdown. So yeah, I got yeah. I I'm excited that he got the pick, but I kind of expect you to out muscle a guy who you got twenty pounds on. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I feel like if you're an NFL caliber athlete, someone who's smaller than you shouldn't be out muscling you. So yeah, I would I don't say know. I thought this defense kind of embarrassed itself last night. The run defense, other than, more than anything, other than Fred Warner, because Fred Warner had a great game: thirteen total tackles, seven solo, one for a loss. Um, his play yeah. where the uh, Vikings are in the red zone at the goal line. Oh, and you mean when he, he solved the, times the push push? Oh, it's unreal. Just timed it perfectly. So if you don't know the rules to that, that is legal. Fred Warner can do that. If he gets the timing off, it's offsides. And he cannot touch a lineman. He cannot touch a defensive lineman to try to push them into the offensive lineman. He cannot touch an offensive lineman. He has to get over them. And so he jumps over the line and gets Kirk. He almost jumped too high or too far. He got like the higher end of Kirk and was able to kind of sit on him. But he did not. He was not able to wrap him up in the same way that he wanted to. He also had an incredible pass deflection that was almost an interception. He was everywhere. Fred had a great game. He's doing everything he can to fire this defense up. And uh, it's fun to see Dre Greenlaw back, almost getting hurt again. He was all over the ball, and just hopping right into Hufunga Kawabunga because he he's all over the stat sheet for tackles. He had, was involved in a lot. Had nine total, seven solo. Seven solo tackles for your safety is pretty good. Your safety is not always getting too many tackles like that. So fun to see him involved. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm needing a Hufunga interception, so that's going to be one of my predictions for this next week. I'm feeling uh, it's time for a Hufunga interception. Um, got to see some videos of him signing autographs uh, before the game, and then Kyle Shanahan's look-alike being behind him. Um, yeah, I think a big part of this defense needing to to step up is is Nick Bosa's got to get more involved, and I want to see some sacks. And I also I'd love to see Hufunga be a leader as well and step up and fire this team up and not only fire them up when when we're off the field, but it it, it matters on the field. Someone's got to do something big and uh, most importantly against the run. So, any other defensive comments? Do we need to spend any time talking about Jake Moody because he's missed a few kicks? Um, what, what are Jake your Moody, stop stop missing kicks. That's that's my advice. And, you know, good thing we didn't invest a lot of draft capital or move on from a kicker who was really, really consistent to get moody, right? I mean, that's that, at least we didn't do those things. Um, final comment, teams that are complaining about the tush-push play, just get Fred Warner because he stopped it. So there you go. Problem solved. Stop whining. I can't um, believe I can't believe there's, there's talk about banning the tush-push. Oh, it's so annoying because it, imagine if it was like, Hey, the 49ers are better at running the ball than everybody because they have Christian McCaffrey, so we should ban running the ball. That's what the discourse is. But I'll probably be saying the opposite after we play the Eagles in a couple weeks. So, who? And a note, a note for the Eagles: they just traded for star safety Kevin Bard. Bird, Bard. I don't know. It's B Y R. Yeah. Let's go with Bird. Let's go with Bird. But he's he's a great safety veteran from the Tennessee Titans. So they're bringing in some presence. And just uh, gonna skip that, over that ro- the roster just got Julio better. Jones. I am. I absolutely am. Yeah, you I don't can. think that's um, gonna matter. <laughs> but that's a that's a good point. The rest of the NFC is is it's an arms race. These teams are are stocking up, and the 49ers, Randy Gregory, I think was a good move. He's played well. I'm. Ex- mm-hmm. I think they're gonna do. They're gonna need another major acquisition or another acquisition, and I expect they'll make one. Let's shift to talking about next week. I, Daniel, and we can dive into this. I don't think it is hyperbole at all to say that this is the most important 49ers game of the 2023 season so far. 49ers are going to be at Levi's Stadium taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals had a slower start to the year as Joe Burrow kind of kind of bounced back from, from a calf injury suffered during the offseason, but have started to kind of right the ship coming out of the bye, and their defense has been excellent all year their D coordinator is a very very good coach I I think this is the most important 49ers game of the season and I think that for a couple reasons I mean it's a it's so a far great team so far absolutely I think the Eagles okay. game will probably wind up being more important and who knows there could be some yeah. but yes most important so far because this is a great team 49ers are coming off of two losses this is a game where if we come out and beat the Bengals you and I are going to be on here saying next week saying yeah the 49ers are fine this was a fluke right this is a a game where they could reestablish themselves as a contender in the NFL. And so it's it's going to be really important to see how they bounce back from these two losses against another contender, right? The Browns and the Vikings aren't contenders, but if they can bounce back and and shut down a true contender like the Bengals, we're going to be fine. And so this is like it's not a get right game because a get right game implies that it's like going to be an easy win, which this won't be. But no, it, it is a game. Win. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say it is a game where if we win, we will be right. Yeah, I, it's hard because the the Bengals are the team where it's really hard to place them right now. Where you said 
a real contender, and I'm like, ah, are they? But yeah, I mean, they have a, they were incredible the last few years, and they have the same players. They're just trying to get that going. So if we look at some of the the Bengals stats, uh, Joe Mixon not having an awesome year, especially compared to last year. He's averaging throughout his six games played. He's averaging three point eight yards per carry. So not great. He's got one rushing touchdown. Yeah, I mean, if the 49ers run defense plays like it played last night, he's going to be looking a lot better. So that's what I'm leading into is if Joe Mixon has a great game, I'm worried about our run defense. If Joe Mixon has been kind of, you know, doesn't average more than four or doesn't get too many yards and doesn't get a touchdown, then I'm not worried. Um, Joe Burrow's healthy, good to go. And did the Bengals, was their bye week just this week? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think they're, they, they're they just had their bye, bye week right this now. week. So, again, I mean, it's tough for the Niners when they played the Browns coming off the bye week. Now they're playing the Bengals coming off the bye week. A lot can happen in the bye week. Some people look at the bye week as, oh, they're not as they're not as fresh because they took a week off. I'm like, that's wild. That is the opposite. They got to rest. They yeah, got to not have when... the quick recovery of beating them bruised past game, and they get to talk extra. They get to watch extra film for their next opponent and really, really work on some yeah. things that they haven't had time for. Especially when the thing that has been the most limiting to your team all season has been your quarterback's health, and it's an injury where you kind of just need to rest. I think it. Yeah, I, I think it is. It would be a. And I don't think you're doing this. I don't know that any. I don't know that anyone is. But it would be a complete fallacy to look at the Bengals as if the bye is going to hurt them. It is going to do nothing but help because this is a team that has needed the rest. And and if Joe Burrow comes out, he was playing a lot better going into the bye. If he comes out, Joe Burrow, this is going to be a really really intense game. So I'm excited for it. Should be a good one. But I am I'm worried. Like I'm I'm legitimately worried because I I think this could be a pivotal moment. This is a game where in December we're gonna look back and say, oh yeah, things were were slipping away for a minute there. And then we beat the Bengals and everything got right on track. Or we're going to say, remember when we were like, oh, two losses, that's a bummer, but we'll be okay. And then we lost to the Bengals. Like that, it's going to be pivotal. This is a game where if the 49ers lose, people are going to no longer think of them as a contender. And so we got to, this is one where we need to to right the ship. So should talk yeah. probably a little well, bit about health going into the game as well. But any any final thoughts? I, we should probably talk a little bit about what the game will actually look like beyond being really important. What's tough for me is I just uh, looked up Bengals team stats, and I believe it was, that's 10, 13, 14 and a half, 15 and a half, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, 19 sacks on the year to the Niners 13. Now, six is a, a relatively large difference. That could be two or three games, or if you're Khalil Mack earlier this year, it's one game. Um, so I mean, their defense is, is relatively good. I, I'm not exactly sure where they rank in the NFL, but they're a top – they're a top-end, higher-end defense. Um, and with a rested offense, I expect Joe Burrow to be good and healthy, and same thing with T. Higgins. He was dealing with some rib stuff, so I'm wondering how long that'll truly take him. But I think the things to watch out for, we already talked about uh, the Bengals' run game and our run rush defense. And we're worried about the rush defense if Joe Mixon does really well because he hasn't done that well this season, and we're supposed to be good against the run. We're supposed to be good against everything on defense, in my mind. I don't know if that's incorrect, but I thought I saw our secondary was like 14th in the NFL. And they're not necessarily 
playing like that. I think they're they're playing better than that. I think Lenore and Oliver still make some mistakes, but I would say every secondary makes mistakes in our minds because it's hard to play defense. Um, but I would I would expect, you know, what I would say of to expect for the game would have been very different for the Minnesota game where I would I would not have expected the game to go like it did where the Niners didn't run very much. Neither did the Vikings. Um, but the Niners were down early, and so they had to play catch-up all game. So I ex- I expect this defense to do better. I, th- I think, well, I mean, the Vikings didn't even have Justin Jefferson. So if the Bengals are healthy, they've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd is one of the best um, third wide receivers in the league, right? And then you got Joe Mixon. um, I don't even know who their tight end is. Do we know who the Bengals' tight end is? Goodness. Yeah. um, I am drawing a blank, which is embarrassing, but I'm sure I'll be embarrassed once I I remember. I looked up the Bengals' injuries. Nothing too crazy. Orlando Brown was questionable on October 15th, and I don't see anything else was a groin, but he's a pretty (laughs) pretty good tackle. Um, and then two other linebackers that I don't recognize the name of, uh, Devin Harper and Akeem Davis Gaither were questionable. So the Bengals seem to be pretty healthy coming off this yeah. bye. And, and they're just a really well-coached team is the on the yeah. defensive side especially. But the Niners, injury-wise, Debo, it, he should be out. They said he was out for a few weeks. Um, Trent Williams will, will be questionable um, coming off of – I do believe one week of rest is good enough, but – who knows? And then uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles got injured in last night's game and did not return, so he's also questionable for this game. So it seems to be a pretty healthy game other than, you know, not that Chris McCaffrey is totally healed after being questionable and then playing another game of football, so we'll have to monitor his just to be safe. But not having Debo and then Trent and Dre being questionable, well, Dre I think is good to go. I just know he got injured again last night, but I think played through it. So fully, relatively fully healthy for both teams. No notable new injuries for the the Niners or the Bengals coming off the bye. But, you know, a healthy Joe Burrow, and I don't think he's having a, a horrible season in terms of his mechanics. I think he's just really struggled with injury, and it's been kept relatively quiet. But this should be a grudge match. This should be a, a close, hard-fought game. Um, and I would say it should be with the Niners coming out on top. I think that this is going to be a really good game and test for Brock Purdy to, hey, you've had two less good weeks than what you've had uh, your whole career so far. How are you going to bounce back from those two games in this game against a really, really good young quarterback as well? Um, so I'm really excited to see how Brock responds I'm excited to see how everybody else gets involved. I'm loving seeing George Kittle get more involved and still getting some volume to Brandon Ayuk. And, of course, Chris McCaffrey continuing his touchdown streak. But, again, I'm not I'm not worried about this offense. I'm not worried about Purdy getting it together. I'm much more worried about the defense than I, than I am the offense. Yeah, Can they get back to top tier? Especially the rushing defense, I, I think, has yeah. been very concerning. So yeah, I mean I think I think this game is really really important. 
I think this is the kind of game where I would love if Christian McCaffrey took 100% of snaps. You know, this one, I get it. And so I I just think this could be a pivotal moment for the 49ers season. Because what we have to remember is we're really not that far in, right? We're like almost halfway, but not even really. And so this is the kind of game where we could be like, oh yeah, I remember when we were worried about the 49ers and then they beat the Bengals and dominated the rest of the season. It could be anything. And so... If the 49ers win this game, it will be a huge pivotal moment we look to when, you know, if there's a championship DVD, this will be on it, you know? And so I I am I cannot overstate how important I think this game is. And then even if you're not a 49ers fan and you're tuning in, thank you. But this should be a game to watch. It's gonna be a great game. So Daniel, maybe we make some bold predictions and, and call it a day. Yeah, one last thing to note about it. This is the last game before the Niners' bye week. Their bye week is week nine, and so they're going to get everything. So I I don't know if that means Trent's going to play and then have that extra week to rest up or if they're going to give him two weeks of rest. So Debo should get one more week, and then he should be good. good, He should be good to go week 10 after the bye week. So that's an important note that this is our last game heading into the bye week. But, yeah, let's do some bold predictions here. I can start us off because I already said – um, Hufunga interception, and I'm I'm sticking with that. I'm ready to see a Hufunga interception, and uh, I bet Bosa gets a sack. I bet in this big game he fights through and he actually gets a sack in this one. Yeah, I think that's going to be my my prediction was going to be sack related as well. I think I'm going to go with let's go with three or more sacks from the 49ers defensive line as a whole. I think I think they're going to come out. They were embarrassed this week and I think they're going to come out with that in mind and they're going to be all all over Joe Burrow. So we'll uh, let's we'll see make, what happens. Let's make another one together but an offensive prediction cuz all this is is defense right now. Okay. Let's go feel? with, let's go with Brock. What do you think? Is Brock gonna make a make a bounce back? I I think he might. Yeah. How do we want to grade that? We're we going off quarterback uh, rating. Are we going off like two touchdowns, no interceptions as a bounce back? What what do we think? I'm going with let's say no. Let, if it's a bounce back game, I think it's no picks, multiple touchdown passes. Okay, I like it. Taking notes of that. All right. Works like for it. thanks for for tuning in everyone. We appreciate it. Uh have a great week. Stay safe out there. Everyone.